0: You're listening to the From Self-Doubt to Success podcast. I'm your host, Estelle Petruquin, a career change coach and mindset mentor who specializes in holistic career design. If you are sick of your current work and the impact this has on your health and your well-being, you've come to the right place. I went from being an anxious corporate recruitment manager, living for the weekends with negative coping mechanisms, to building my online coaching business and creating my dream life, helping other women overcome self-doubt so they too can follow their purpose, cultivate in. And become leaders in their field. If I was able to change careers successfully, then so can you. Let's dive in. All right, guys, welcome back to the From Self-Doubt to Success podcast. Today we have a special guest speaker, Stacey Brookman. She is the founder of Real Life Resilience. She helps women develop their leadership skills so they can speed their trip to the sea suit. Stacey, please, can you tell us a little bit more about your personal career journey?
1: Yes, oh my gosh. It's just been incredible. And from what from what I have experienced and what I coach women on, you know, we often have a lot of imposter syndrome. And so women, Actually, leverage me to help them get over that because we need more women in the C suite in executive roles and really showing up. And even though it is tougher for women than it is for men, we really need to um, actually clarify our power skills and get there. So um, I help women do that, founder of the Real Life Resilience. And I absolutely love it
0: (laughs) i love that i love the work you do i mean i think we're really aligned in in our purpose and our career purpose so it's such a pleasure to have you here today and to answer this few, few questions i have about um particularly this methodology that you developed uh but let's let's start with the the more general stuff first so Many women in business, in the business world, um, they don't think they're good enough to either change careers or get to higher leadership levels. You just mentioned, you know, that women suffer more from imposter syndrome than men. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious, why why is that so?
1: Yeah, that is such a good question. Um, before we go any further, though, I want to make sure that everybody knows we have, uh, I have the remarkable resilience routine that I'm going to share with you later And to make sure they they can download it, it's realliferesilience.com slash remarkable resilience. We're going to talk about that a little bit later, but I just want to make sure everybody knew about that first. But yes, so a lot of women don't feel like they're good enough to actually make that move. You know, a lot of people are changing jobs or um, you know, the, the great resignation and things like that and are moving jobs. But a lot of women, actually there was a report that just came out saying women are leaving leadership roles in, you know, a far greater. So now there's fewer, much fewer women. There already were now there's much more fewer women and it's because of inflexibility from their employers and things like that. But they, a lot of times women are self-selecting because they don't feel like they're good enough mm-hmm. and they don't feel like they're good enough because they experience imposter syndrome. So whenever you see like that, um, the, you know, on indeed or something that little posting, or maybe you're looking on LinkedIn or maybe you're doing something like that. And you see all of the qualifications that they're say, you know, required or whatever. Um, women do not like, they must get 110% of that in order to apply for jobs. And so they don't, but men, most men will actually apply for it because they want the job. Right. And they will get the job, even if they don't have 100% of those qualifications. Right. And so What I really teach, like to teach women is to self-select and choose themselves and to reach out further than they think they're capable of or further than they um, feel like they qualify because a lot of times what's inside of their head is different than what other people perceive. them Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: so they are far far more qualified and and they don't necessarily recognize their skills and it's that imposter syndrome getting in the way
0: yeah and actually that's so interesting what you're saying because i see two things that really resonated with me here so the thing about you know not having the right qualifications um since i worked as a recruiter before i know that uh you know putting up those job offers online on those job boards obviously when we create those profiles it's really an ideal it's like when you're thinking when you're single and you're thinking about the ideal person you know like your soulmate you have this list of impossible characteristics there's like 500 things but it's it's like a a dream wish list but it doesn't mean that if you don't have all of these qualifications um Mm -hmm and you don't match all the requirements that there is no way for you to be hired. So that's just something I wanted to, uh, you know, just mention. And, and then the other thing um, was, yeah, like what you said about the great resignation and the fact that women, even though the ones who were able to access those roles, they're actually leaving. That's so interesting and that's so sad at the same time, but how, I mean, yeah. So let's, let's continue with the question, right. you know, what, what is the basis of imposter syndrome? Where, where does it come from? What is the root cause of it?
1: Oh, that's such a great question. And by the way, that, that also that concept think uh, uh, operates inside of a business too, when you're looking to move up and you don't feel like you qualify. Right. So, I mean, it just all over the place. Um, but imposter syndrome, um, Yes. It, it, it actually is us. Let's say I had imposter syndrome that I am invalidating other people's viewpoints of me. Right. So I am thinking what other people are thinking are not good things about me. Like For she sure. didn't qualify or she didn't do, you know, this particular project well enough or whatever. And so we are holding ourselves to such a high standard, that um, it's impossible to meet, right? It's nearly impossible to meet. And I just, uh, you know, so what we're doing is we're actually operating ourselves and our actions, whether we apply or whether we, you know, how we operate in the world, based on other people's feelings. Mm -hmm. And guess what, we don't have any control over that. We don't have, we don't actually even know what they're actually thinking Mm -hmm. unless they say it out loud to us. And even then we don't know if that's the truth, right? So what we need to do is actually not think about what other people are thinking and know in ourselves that we are whole and we are worthy and know our skill sets and just know nobody's perfect. Like we don't have to be perfect. That's not how the world works, right?
0: And yeah. I always so, say you don't need to have the answer to everything to be, yes. or even if you claim to be the expert at something at a particular topic, right. You don't need to have all the answers to be good at what you do. You know, you can get resourceful, right. you can you exactly. can collaborate, find other ways.
1: Yes. And a lot of times those people that do collaborate or be resourceful and find other people and just come together. I mean, that is so amazing. That's a superpower skill that will get you to the C-suite, right? Get you to those executive roles much faster than just trying to be everything to everybody right where you're at right now. Yes.
0: Thank you for saying that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and just going back to the imposter syndrome and and the fact that I mean just to be clear imposter syndrome I think I had read somewhere that it impacted around 70 percent of people at least 70 percent yes
1: um, I have men
0: included so yes yeah yeah both
1: men men and women uh, actually experience imposter syndrome women more act on it right mm-hmm. we act in fact we hold ourselves back
0: mm-hmm. we do
1: all kinds of things and So it is universal. So if anyone is experiencing imposter syndrome or you actually just got a job, I will tell you for myself, I spent 30, almost 30 years in a corporate environment. And I went from, I will tell you, I went from, I had to get a raise or a promotion to become a secretary. I'm like, I was a clerk. I was lower than a secretary. And I spent so much time climbing that corporate ladder, which was fun in a way, And I actually became, you know, far more than six figures, a consultant, that sort of thing. And I just grew myself, but guess what? Almost every step of the way, I didn't feel worthy that I got the job. Mm. What a shame is that? Like I was selected. I was even selected for some jobs that I applied for that I, that I didn't have like direct qualifications, but they saw something in me Mm -hmm. that was amazing. Like I was hired for a a sales manager job one time and I'm just looking back, I'm like, what? I had no sales management experience, but I had something. And so, um, but I always thought, oh, it was a fluke or maybe they didn't have anybody else really Mm -hmm. apply or all of those things you tell yourself that mean girl in your head. And And that just doesn't make for a great experience. So I always would show up in conferences or in meetings or in the room or whatever, feeling like I was the least person Mm -hmm. there. And And it is a shame. It is a shame. It did not have to be because I I didn't learn about this until afterwards. (laughs) I'm like, I could have shown, I could have been president of that company. (laughs) Right. So,
0: and did that um, create a lot of anxiety in you? Did that really affect your career overall negatively in terms of feelings of emotions of your everyday, you know, sense of, of self-esteem?
1: Yeah. It affected me internally. I don't know how much of that showed externally. I probably did hinder my own career. Right. So that um I didn't go for some jobs that I that you know I probably could have. Like there were often that I times that I thought hmm, I could do way better than my boss. <laughs> you
0: know, <laughs> I you know I, I, I,
1: I, probably everybody has experienced that. Like I could do a better job than that. And so uh but yeah, I but I didn't allow myself to, or I spent way more time over preparing over creating, overworking. I remember one time I would get up at 5.00 AM and go in or maybe 4.30 and go in at 5.00 AM just to get a jump on the day. And then it was a full day after that. I'm like, I, you know, looking back, I'm like, why, why did I do that? And I wanted to do everything perfect. And that's part of imposter syndrome. I wanted to be perfect. I never wanted anybody to have a you know, a beef with anything, or I didn't want to make any mistakes. And um, that's part of imposter syndrome, that action, yeah. that, people pleasing. Let's and, talk
0: about that because I think there's yeah. different uh, ways that uh, imposter syndrome can show up, Shows right? Up. So in, yes. your, in your experience, it was that perfectionism, people pleasing, probably a yes. lack of boundaries, all of that. Lack
1: of boundaries come in for sure. A lot well, of
0: other time. people, even high achievers, sometimes, and it's happened to me, um, we can get in a rut as well where we just procrastinate and do yes. a lot of things that hurt us in many ways, health wise, or I don't know, relationship wise. Just making bad decisions, mm-hmm. um, and and yeah, and just freeze basically, being completely stuck and, yes. and not taking any kind of action. That's also another way yes. of of <laughs> of imposter syndrome of how there's it gets a out.
1: whole spectrum of all kinds of ways that it shows up in the workplace and all of those from procrastinating to overworking, to, you know, spending you know, if you're spending far more hours at work or at home, right. Either way. uh, You know, if you're, if your life is not balanced, Mm
0: -hmm. then
1: that is a, that can be a reflection, not always, but it can be because balance isn't always exactly the same all the time. It can't, it's in flux, but it does that need to be in flux. If you're waking up and you're getting into work at 5 a.m. for an 8 a.m. workday mm-hmm. for a long period of time there's something wrong
0: of course yeah it's it's not normal <laughs> yeah um and uh, and just going back to the root cause of imposter syndrome quickly why it affects women more would you say that it has to do with the way we've been raised and just the fact that maybe less is expected from us and so we kind of accept that identity. I mean, less, less in the sense of uh, career-wise, right? Like that's,
1: yeah, I had that I,
0: feeling growing up with my brother, I can say for sure that I think there was way more expectations, uh, in terms of career on him than on me.
1: Yeah. And I think it's the perception of girls and, uh, and women. And so it does, configure in childhood, right? So a lot of imposter syndrome stems from needing the uh, approval of a parent, right? So a lot of it's like, you know, the parent was disapproving, et cetera, and you're always seeking to um, be approved by somebody, mm-hmm. right? And you, and you take that into adulthood. So I always, I teach, sometimes I teach this concept of emotional childhood versus emotional adulthood as a child we're dependent on adults to feed us you know tell us when to go to bed and do all I'm that sort of right. thing <laughs> yeah and and then as you grow up you start to become independent of other of your the other people and you start making your own decisions whether you you know sometimes it takes a while to know that you got to get up and go to work right mm-hmm. <laughs> um and that's the, i remember i remember that's a hard shift Um, I'm like, you mean I got to work five days a week all day long? (laughs) But anyway, we get over that. But some of the things that we have in childhood, we carry into adulthood. And that is emotional childhood. Like other people affect our feelings. If you don't approve of me, then I'm nobody. Mm -hmm. Right. So you are giving your power away to other people outside of you, rather than giving yourself the power or developing the power or approving of yourself, Mm
0: -hmm. when you
1: approve of yourself first, you don't need other people to approve of you. Now there's, we're never perfect, right? Then we're gonna make mistakes. Yes, we correct, we learn, we do all kinds of things, but we do not need, uh, emotional adulthood is understanding that you don't need other people's approval You don't need to, you know, be the best person in the room or the, you know, least person in the room. You don't, you don't need any of that to be fully whole and who you are and be happy with who you are. And that's emotional adulthood. And most of us are not quite there or we fluctuate, you know, it's okay to fluctuate, but just know that, um, imposter syndrome is part of that, like needing approval or needing something from somebody else. And we really don't need it when it comes down to it.
0: Yeah. And I love how you just explained that. And with your hands, you were showing a spectrum because I I think it's so important to see it like that, no, like a a spectrum where it's never going to disappear completely. It's not a thing where we can say, oh, let's overcome imposter syndrome and it's gone forever. Right. Because I think as we grow, we we always step up and we have to face new challenges, new obstacles. Uh, and recreate a new identity with with the new challenges that come in our lives and in our careers so like yeah. there's always going to be new layers of imposter syndrome that are going to show up but th- so true this is what we're going to talk about it about now is how to deal with that imposter syndrome when it shows up yeah uh, and and so that it doesn't hold us back anymore
1: right that's yeah it. well i i have this resource and that's at um that is at Mm realliferesilience.com slash remarkable resilience. We're going to talk about that in a minute, but I want to do a little exercise just to kind of show everybody what it's like, right? So you can see it. So sometimes all these thoughts go around in our, around in our head. And we just, and sometimes they even hide in our head. They hide from ourselves in our head. We don't realize that we're thinking them, but this like puts it right out there. Mm -hmm. So, when you invalidate someone else's opinion. Um, so let's just say someone says to you, you're great, and you say to yourself, Well, this person doesn't know what they're talking about, right? <laughs> so I'm trying to be, you know, I'm I'm not perfect in this, or I'm not, you know, you're you're seeking it, but you're thinking they're lying to you or something like that. Or they say, Wow, I love the way you did that. That was great. And you you think, oh, they're just trying to be nice. So you internally invalidate, even though you're seeking their approval, you internally invalidate that. So here's the exercise. So I want everybody listening today or tomorrow. I want you to go up to somebody and ask them a totally normal opinion question. Like, do you like pumpkin lattes or how do you feel about fall? Or do you like country music? Right. Mm -hmm. We should ask that. And then no matter what opinion the person expresses, whatever they say, I want you to say out loud, I'm sorry, but I can't permit you to feel that way. <laughs> so when you say it out loud, I'm sorry, I can't permit you to like pumpkin lattes or something like that. It it, it sounds uh, strange. But that's exactly what you're doing to those other people and to yourself Mm -hmm. when you have imposter syndrome and you're invalidating what they say, but yet in your heart, you're seeking out. Their approval, Mm -hmm. right? They're giving it to you, but you're like, you know, yeah. It's a complete
0: paradox. You're, 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 everything you're doing is to get that attention, that validation. But then when you get it, you don't believe it. You
1: don't want to receive it, right? Yeah, and you really don't even need it. But the fact that you need it is why you're doing this. So, Mm -hmm. um, so you know, it's just like, oh my gosh, I'm going to tell somebody. I have to say out loud. I'm sorry. I can't permit you to feel that way. And you, it's just so absurd. So that actually, and I want you to actually try it, everybody to try it. That it's just like, it really brings it out of you to understand. Uh, it just drives home that point mm-hmm. that you're not in charge of other people's feelings. And your job is to just to understand, mm-hmm. understand it. You don't have to accept their feelings. You don't need to try to get their feelings. You don't need to, it's, it's a, not necessary for you to live your life and live your best life. Mm. You don't have to understand why somebody feels you're great or you, and you can just let them feel that way. Right. Because you're not in charge. That's Mm -hmm. the thing. You're not in charge of other people who you are in charge of is yourself. Right. And so that leads us into how do we reduce that imposter syndrome? Mm -hmm. Because One of those things that um, I have found is that imposter syndrome lives in our head. And again, it's that thought, right? So I have this remarkable resilience routine. And what that is, is just kind of like a, a mental hygiene. And it's so easy, you can do it 10 minutes a day. That's all it takes, 10 minutes a day. And what you're gonna do is you're gonna know what's really inside your head. Because again, it's that primitive brain of ours just putting out things like, oh, that person really doesn't mean that. It's me getting that job is a fluke. Um, there must not have been anybody. Like these are the things I actually thought there must not have been anybody else apply for the job. I mean, <laughs> come on. <laughs> and I was telling, and but you don't really think about how you're thinking. Mm-hmm. So what this does is and and they can get this um output notes. Them. Yeah, yeah is help them help you know exactly what's in your head and then create a model from those thoughts so you're going to think about you know changing jobs you're going to think about asking for a promotion you're going to think about shooting for something else or whatever goal that you have in life whatever it is and do just a 10 minute brain dump of all the thoughts you have around this issue and be honest nobody's going to see this just you um and if you type fast like i type faster so i just type mine out every morning and just like, okay, here's what I feel. Here's what I'm thinking about my business. Here's what I'm doing. And and um, get out all of your thoughts about that issue, that situation, that problem. Um, if you had a conflict with somebody in the workplace, works for that. All of those, you get those out. Okay. Then choose one and just put them in sentences and choose one of those thought sentences. These are the thoughts that you're thinking. Now. Thoughts are not reality necessarily. They're just what your interpretation of what reality is. So the step two is you write down C-T-F-A-R down this, down the uh, left-hand side, C is circumstance. And that's like had a conflict with, or um, going to apply for a new job or something like that, whatever, just a very neutral Mm -hmm. circumstance. Yes. Our job, even just write job right? And then the T is thought, the thought that you selected. What is the most strongest thought that you think about that? it's usually like, you know, I'm not qualified for it. Mm -hmm. Or why should I even shoot for that? Or they're not going to hire me. It's, It's like those types of thoughts that you would put there. Just put one thought. And then you go one step lower and say, what? Let me just think about that thought that I, that I just wrote down what is the feeling that thought drives? Is it despair? Is it reluctance? Is it fear? Is it whatever it is, just write down one feeling that that thought drives, because the thoughts are what drive our feelings. And feelings, um, feelings or emotions are really just simply things that happen in our body. We feel like a, a Th- our throat closes right yeah. every time I go to speak on stage or do a workshop I'm like you know I get, get all dry. a little nervous <laughs> you know I'm like and it's a physical reaction so yes. what is that feeling or that emotion and then um, you would say okay let's go down from that feeling let's just say it's fear and uh, the example that I have in here is like they probably think I'm an idiot because this, this is actually a real example. I will tell you, they probably think I'm an idiot. The, uh, the feeling I had was incompetent, Mm -hmm. right. Or maybe shame, embarrassment, whatever emotion fits, Mm -hmm. but the feeling I had was incompetent. Those feelings drive all of your actions. So when you feel excited, you go and take action, right. But when you feel incompetent, what do you do? You freeze. You hide. Freeze. You hide. You beat yourself up. You apologize all over the place. That's one of the things I we, we should have mentioned this. That if you are finding yourself apologizing a lot, oh, I'm sorry, or I'm sorry. Um, there's actually an app that, or a Chrome extension that you can put, not just not sorry, and it it takes it tells you it underlines so, the word sorry or just whenever you write an email. oh wow. And I put that in and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I never realized how often I say, I'm sorry. Uh, you know, I didn't understand you. or I'm sorry about that. Or I'm sorry, even when it's not our fault. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyway, um, you, you end up apologizing, you ruminate, right? You spend time ruminating. Oh my gosh, that was the worst interview ever. I should never have said that. I should have said something else. You just spend time ruminating, which is a terrible feeling, right? Mm-hmm. And the result is you're not actually valuing yourself. Mm-hmm. And when you don't value yourself, that's not a great experience when you're going to apply for a job or go into an interview or go into the next interview or operate in your job as the best you can possibly operate. So you can see it's a whole sequence of thought the circumstance is totally neutral. Mm-hmm. You had an interview, or whatever the thought is what drove the emotion or the feeling, which drove the actions, which also drove that result. That sure. You don't value yourself. So it's a vicious circle. Mm-hmm. And so what you can do is the thing that you can change in this is not the circumstance, like maybe your boss did send something back and say, you're not you know qualified, or maybe you didn't get the job, or maybe you're, you did write the report wrong, or you had a mistake, whatever that is totally neutral. Mm-hmm. The thought you have about it is what drives everything else. Yes. So let's just say your boss sent you a report back saying, Hey, why did you miss this number or something like that? You could say to yourself, Oh my gosh, I should have totally caught that. I reviewed it, but I must've missed it. I'm so stupid. I should not write and do all of that, go through that whole Mm -hmm. thing. Or you can say, ah, that's great. I'm glad you pointed it out. Now I can correct it. Mm -hmm. Right. Or that's totally normal, totally human thing. Everybody makes mistakes. I'm just going to correct it simply. No big deal. It's not a problem, right? Whether they, that person conveys their urgency or conveys their disappointment or whatever, should not have any bearing on how you feel about how you did.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Right. And so that is the remarkable resilience routine is making yourself aware of what you're thinking inside of your head that is not serving you well.
0: Yeah. And just one question, when you, once, let's say you, so you did your brain dump, you know, you're going through a circumstance, let's change let's say uh, for my audience, you are not satisfied with your work situation, right? Mm -hmm. And you're thinking about changing careers, but then there's all these thoughts about, uh, you know, uh, who am I to think that I can be successful someday? Who am I to uh, apply for that job when I have no experience, no education in this particular field? Those kind of thoughts, right? so let's say you bring up all of that and what comes out, the, what's the, the most, uh, the, the strongest you know, thought you have, the, the, the most negative thought you have about the situation is the fact that uh, you have absolutely no experience in that field. Let's just mm-hmm. take that as an example. Right. Um, so you identify that thought and then what do you do with it? Because yeah. one thing is to be aware, right? But then right. how do you reframe that thought?
1: So what you want to do is you want to complete that model too. So what is that feeling that that thought drives? So you're, you're really looking at kind of like that exercise. You really want to look externally and say, okay, what feeling does that drive in me? Think that thought, what feeling does that drive? What actions do I take or not take? What do I not do if I don't apply or I don't, you know, whatever, when I'm feeling that feeling and Mm -hmm. thinking that thought, cause they're all related. So the, the most important thing is to complete that model. So you can really see for yourself what that thought drives.
0: Yeah. Then
1: Then you can,
0: it's not just, sorry to interrupt you. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I think yeah, like before reframing because yes. I used to do it like that, and I think that it, sometimes I wanted to be a bit too fast in in reframing yes. my thoughts. But I think yeah. that completing this whole cycle, the whole exercise of really acknowledging the yes. consequence, the negative consequence of the thought, not just thinking right. oh. Yeah, I have this thought that's negative and this makes me feel that way, but actually grasping what's going on afterwards and how it's negatively affecting your life, you know, and and your results um, there. I think it also motivates you way more to reframe that thought, which is probably the second step, right? Not
1: only that, but it helps you to process that emotion. So one of the emotions that I felt was incompetence, right? Mm -hmm. And that was like kind of like an underlying theme for me. I always felt incompetent or not enough, right? All of that or shame or, you know, whatever. You really need to sit and process that. Hmm, I'm feeling incompetent. This is how it feels. Like my stomach is in knots. I have a tension headache or my throat is closing up or I'm gritting my teeth or whatever that is. Just sit with it. And I will tell you, this is what I tell my leaders that um, are going for the C-suite or higher and uh, higher and higher leadership roles. If you can sit with your emotions, no matter what, that is a superpower. If you can be willing to feel any emotion and sit with it and just let it be, you can do anything. I'm not even kidding. I'm serious. You can do absolutely anything because you're willing to sit there despite shame. You're willing to sit there despite embarrassment. You're willing to just sit and feel it. And I will tell you, it only lasts like 90 seconds or so. Just sit there. Uh, Okay. I'm feeling incompetent. This is what (laughs) incompetent feels. This is what shame feels. Ah, I see. I see. And from that, and just like, just sit and feel it. And I will tell you, it will dissipate. It yes. will dissipate.
0: And it's that's that's the resilience amazing. that you're all yes. about, right? Because yes. I think that we are so scared of feeling those negative emotions or I'm that we see as away. negative, but actually yes. they don't need to be.
1: <laughs> it's part of the human experience because, exactly. yeah, I always say uh, life is 50-50. So you can experience 50-50 like, hey, you know, things are going well here, but I'm scared Mm -hmm. to apply for this job. Let's just say, right. That's, that's 50, 50 scared or regret because I didn't Mm -hmm. apply for the job. So you are actually choosing that negative 50, the scared or not the, well, the scared, but also the regret, Mm -hmm. right. But if you choose the 50, that is embarrassing or something that's like, Uh, shame, I might not make it. I'm choosing that, but I'm choosing that in a forward manner, Mm -hmm. not pulling in and hiding because I'm shamed or embarrassed to actually put myself out there. Same thing. If you're going to go speak on stage, the embarrassment of doing that, but you, but when you try to do that, the muscle that you build Getting rid of that embarrassment or being embarrassed in spite of everything and going out there anyway mm-hmm. is the 50-50, the the 50 negative 50 that you're like, I'm moving forward with
0: it's this. empowering. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: I can handle embarrassment. Yes. I can handle shame. Mm-hmm. I can handle whatever emotion I have because I'm I've sat with it. Mm-hmm. And I'm in it. And so when you do that, you're going to be so much further ahead. Then you can go ahead and move on to something different a different thought and some of those thoughts are could be and sometimes it's not like i'm going to get this job i'm the best qualified right maybe you are maybe you aren't and if you're saying that to yourself that's why i'm just not really a fan of s- certain affirmations um i'm an amazing person i'm like if you really don't believe that in yourself it's not going to do you any good but you can say Hmm. It's possible that I might get this job. It's possible that I might be qualified. It's possible that I could get through to the next level.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Yeah. And when you open yourself to that possibility, then the feeling might be all right, I'm committed to doing this, or I'm excited about moving forward, or, you know, whatever your feeling is yeah. that then drives, okay, I'm going to apply. I'm going to do X, Y, Z. Here's what I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to pull a list of all of the neat things that I've done. Even if this is a totally different industry, I'm going to pull a list of all the things that relate from my industry to this industry to show that I I could be the best candidate. Right. So all, all different kinds of things. So your brain opens up that, um, to the possibility possibility, Mm -hmm. and you find you, you become so much more creative in, it, you know, finding the success in that thought and that result, because you've, you've actually processed that negative yeah. emotion, you sat with it. And then you're like, okay, climbing that thought ladder. and like, okay, it's possible. It's possible. They might look at my resume. Yeah. It's possible. They might call me in for an interview. It's possible that I can show up and no matter what they like me. Right. Yeah. So I really I love the possibility.
0: Yes. Yes. Because I think it's really easy to use it to, um, to start the, the, the sentence, right? Um, yes. I, I always say, so there's a couple of things I want to add to that. Um, so the first thing is that, um, something I always say to my clients, emotions cannot kill you, right? Yes. <laughs> so true. So chill. It's okay. Feel it for how long, however long you need to feel it, but don't try to to avoid it or get distracted because the more you do that, the more it's going to always come back one way or another, and you're always going to, you know, continue sabotaging yourself. So it's better to feel it once and for all, really go deep, cry, scream, whatever you need to do, you know, (laughs) go for a run, let it out, release it um fully fully even if it's in a moment where it's uh you feel that you're not allowed to feel that way like you said being on right. stage
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's okay and you're still not dying
1: <laughs> right exactly exactly and and I always say it's like one of those blow up beach balls you try to push it underwater the mm-hmm. more you try to push it down the more it's going to pop up Right. Yeah. It's, it's gonna pop, pop up somewhere. I don't know if you've ever like cried at work. I have, I've yes. like you know, <laughs> come to tears. I've like tried to keep them in, but really when you just let go, it's it, it's it releases, so right? And it's okay. It's yeah. okay. You are okay just as you are, you're competent, you're whole, you're worthy
0: mm-hmm.
1: of you know your own self love and self compassion and Th- this exercise will really help to get you That's further amazing. through
0: that. That's awesome, yeah. and just to, yeah, to continue with with the process, so releasing that emotion, you know, getting over it, building that resilience by doing that, mm-hmm. um, and then something that I I always um, encourage my clients to do when they reframe the thought once they've released the emotion. Uh, is to look for the evidence, like you said, you know, to yes. to look for achievements in the past, even if it's not in that particular field. Just something that shows you that you are capable of amazing things, that you have right. overcome other challenges before. There's a lot of things that you didn't know how to do before that you learned, right? So yes. reminding yourself of those wins and those achievements is is uh, is creating that mm. uh, tangible evidence that you're capable of doing it again, right?
1: And the thing about this is this will apply to any area of your life, Mm -hmm. because if you're ever trying to do something new, so let's say you start um, doing running and you want to do a marathon, right? Not that I would ever do that, but if you were doing that, you would not have any evidence that you could. There's always a lot of first time things mm-hmm. and your brain, your primitive brain is saying, oh, you've never done that before. You better go hide in the cave. Mm-hmm. Don't, you know, that's dangerous doing, like you don't have any evidence, but what you can do is, and even like that's with new relationships, that's with new, anything that you try to do new. Becoming skills, a parent. Becoming a parent, all of that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You can look, your you can like, cognitively say, okay, what is the evidence? My, my brain, my primitive brain is always trying to give me evidence. That's negative. You failed at this before that may be true, right? Mm-hmm. I get it. It may be true, but it always tends to hide the evidence that you could be successful mm-hmm. at this.
0: Mm-hmm. So you
1: really intentionally have to go out and look and say, okay, what, what is it that I can, oh, I'm a caring person or I've for my nieces and nephews, or mm-hmm. you know, if when you're becoming a parent, or I'm good around um,
0: kids, or whatever, right? Yeah, or
1: even if you've never been around kids, it's possible for me to learn hey, there's mm-hmm. a whole YouTube out there of all kinds of things. There's so many things out there now that to teach me,
0: yeah. to be able
1: to do this right. Um, so looking for that evidence after you're like telling your brains, okay, I get it, you're trying to protect me, no worries. I see that you have that evidence, but I'm looking for evidence that it is possible that mm-hmm. I can do this.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And,
1: and you so you're just training your brain to be curious and to look for new things. Yeah. And to gonna trust
0: yourself you. that you're gonna yes. figure it out, right? That's right. You know, it's it you might not get it the first time, but Gary, you will figure it out. Yes. <laughs> if it's really Absolutely. something you desire there's you will find a way you know yes. and it sounds very cliche but it's so true yes um, it is and with the thoughts that you said just opening up to the possibility I love it I call that the bridge thoughts because mm. it's it's like the thoughts that are in between being overly confident right which is your yes. the goal obviously we want to cultivate that but as you said, I know a lot of people who have complained about this. Oh, I've tried the affirmations in front of my mirror. It's not working. I don't yeah. feel it. No, yeah. <laughs> you don't have to go from I'm dumb to I'm a genius. You know, right, exactly.
1: <laughs> right. It's so, it's just it's possible. And then ladder up, what's what's yeah. 10% better than it's possible? Oh, I can I've I know that there is there are certain things that I have done, been successful in. Mm-hmm. Right. I've got the job that I have right now. Right, and you can use that as evidence, and and go just go higher and higher. Once you start believing that, so you have to believe what that whatever you're, it is that you're saying to yourself.
0: Mm-hmm. And when you
1: do that, then you can ladder up and up and up, yes. and eventually get to where you want to go.
0: Amazing. So Amazing. and it's fun
1: too. It's like oh my gosh, I can I can do this. Like yeah, when you get fun. there, it's like so exciting. Like I'm. This is fun. right? Managing yourself and leveling yourself and all kinds of stuff.
0: Yeah, definitely. And then the more you do, the more you know that you're able to do more and then it just adds up, you know, and you, you become more and more. Creating those
1: new neural pathways. And so, so the old negative thinking has, you know, you know, it's kind of formed a rut in your brain, I guess. And you're used to thinking those you're going to think those right, you're not going to get rid of those right away until you keep retraining your brain back to this is possible, I Mm -hmm. can do this, there is evidence, let me look for it
0: amazing thank you so much stacy and yeah. um i'm definitely going to share that tool that you developed uh yes. you know i think it's so useful a lot of people also oh. don't know how to journal how, not to, how to do that mindset work that you know is becoming so trendy online on social media but a lot of people don't know how to do it so i think it's, yeah. it's so useful to have this kind of model to follow um, and it just
1: takes 10 minutes i mean exactly. that is all. it's not so complicated short.
0: Yeah. yeah and
1: worth it Yeah. Yeah.
0: So thank you for sharing that with the audience. And is there anything else you would like to, you know, share um, about what you do maybe about how imposter syndrome, uh, how you can overcome it if you're changing careers? I don't know. Anything
1: you want to (laughs) add? Yeah. Well, that's what I coach people on. I coach women and I help them get over this imposter syndrome or work with it. Here's the other thing I Sometimes you're not going to get rid of some of that anxiety or that's, you know, whatever the worry, the, you know, I'm not going to be successful, but think of yourself as in a car, you know, sometimes that worry or that imposter syndrome is driving, but what you need to do is you need to be in the driver's seat. Mm. Imposter syndrome can be in the passenger seat or maybe in the back seat. They're still there. It's okay. Okay. But if, as long as you are driving the car, you are driving your own brain, you're gonna be okay. So that that, that works with a lot of anxiety and things like that. Yep, yeah, I see you anxiety. You're sitting there, but you're in the passenger seat. Mm-hmm. I'm driving. I'm driving this car. So yeah, I also, love. It. I
0: love that metaphor. Thank you so much for sharing yeah. that. Um, all right. So I'll put also the link to your website in the show notes so people can find you there. And yeah, thank you so much again for for sharing all your knowledge and wisdom and uh, your positivity with us today. Oh,
1: you are welcome. I love sharing it because we all can find that positivity inside of us. It's not toxic positivity. It is just like up leveling ourselves as human beings and I love sharing that with people so thank you
0: (laughs) all right Stacy bye bye take care
1: all right bye bye thanks for
0: listening to the from self-doubt to success podcast head to the show notes to book your free sales call and learn more about one-on-one coaching and how I can help you design your dream career and life You'll also find a link to a free workshop replay on how to become your most authentic and magnetic self. Don't forget to screenshot this episode and share it on Instagram, tagging me at Estelle, so we can connect over there. Take care. Until next time.